Hey everybody, Captain Jack here, and thank you so much for listening to our all-in recap episode of Captain Jack's Armbar Emporium. But a big thanks especially to our sponsors this week. First of all, as always, WrestleCrate and Lapel, yeah, as seen at StarCast. Go check them out. Bunch of new stuff on both sites. Please use the code HEARTLESS, my last name, for 20% off at checkout. That's H-E-A-R-T-L-E-S-S. Also, big shout out to the folks at YoungBucksMerch.com. If you were one of the 11,263 folks that were in the Sears Center on September 1st, get on over there and get one of the limited edition shirts before the pre-order closes for your all-in attendance shirt. Again, that's YoungBucksMerch.com to grab one of those up. But for now, let's hit the theme music. In the not-too-distant future, 2016 A.D., there was a weirdo guy named Jack, not too different from you or me. He sat around his armbar store, just acting nerdy and being poor. He did it all with a cheerful face, so they gave him a show and they shipped him to LA. I'll watch all the wrestling, the best I can find. Then I'll interview my guests and try to pick their minds. Now no one knows what era Jack will talk about today. But he'll probably talk about the guys that helped to pave the way. Legends Roll Call. Ric Flair. Roddy Piper. Randy Savage. Dusty Rhodes You might not agree on favorites Or other so-called facts Remind yourself it's all for fun So pipe down and sit back For Captain Jack's Armbar Emporium Hello and welcome back to the Podcast of Power With the man of the hour too sweet To be sour, no time for a pause this week this is Captain Jack Heartless. You are listening to Captain Jack's Arm Bar Emporium on the Steel Cage Network. And as such, we are going to be jumping right into the topic at hand. Hopefully, unless you were living under a rock or you decided to be absolutely, quote-unquote, too cool for the fucking rest of us, uh, you watched All In this last weekend. Um, so to talk about that, I watched it live and in public, if you will, on uh, the Fabulous Fight Network. And I have a special guest that not only was there in person, but has been on the Captain Jack's wish list for a very long time. Aww. The uh, as, as you hear there in the background, she is the co-host of um, one of my favorite podcasts, The Strap, uh, Miss Sarah Van Buren. Hello. Hi. It's, thank it's, you for having me. So lovely for to be here. On. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited. You know, we've we've had Casey on before. He's he's had his time, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I I know real quick because I know that we're we're uh, running on that uh, main event time limit this week. <laughs> That's right. We've got eleven minutes and twenty eight seconds. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> we'll get there. But the odyssey for you to not only get to Chicago but oh, to God. get into the Sears Center itself, we could probably fill a podcast all by itself. How did oh, you do that? Oh yeah, it? Uh, it was it was a journey. Um, so everyone knows how they sold it out in 29 minutes or whatever. Uh, I was on my computer, ready to go, had everything. I'm like, I'm getting tickets. I don't care what it takes. This was like 
Mother's Day, I think they went on sale. And I'm like, refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. The shit sold out. I didn't get tickets. <laughs> I'm like, what are we going to do now? Because we'd already planned on going. Um, Casey and I were going to go. We were taking one of our friends with us. And we decided, you know what? Let's just still go. Let's get plane tickets. Let's get a hotel. Let's see what happens. Um, and even up until about two weeks ago, we still did not have tickets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were like, well, let's go. Let's see what happens. Um, we ended up, uh, I was, I was just checking StubHub like every day. Maybe it'll drop to a price that's okay. I wouldn't probably be super excited to pay, but I need to get in the building. Um, and then thankfully our good friend Mega Ran came through for us. Shout and, out to uh, Mega Ran. <laughs> shout out. Um, he, uh, I guess knows or has a connection with Conrad and, uh, was able to get us some tickets in a, one of the press suites. Nice. Which was awesome. Uh, and even then, even we bought them, you know, maybe two weeks ahead of time. Um, but they were not tickets in hand until like the day of. So we were still freaking out. Who I've been trying to get on this (laughs) podcast for over a year now. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll plug you to him. I'll, I'll, I'll set it up. Yeah. We, we talked a while ago, but then his, his new album came out and it was awesome. Oh yeah. And his, and his wrestling remix album came out in March mm-hmm. and that was awesome too. And then he went on yeah. tour and I didn't get to see him at the Viper room. It's just been like craziness. Oh yeah. Dude. And he's, he's out of town right now too. Like he didn't, uh, you know, obviously we met up with him in Chicago, but we came home. He's still out on tour right now. So what a life he leads. I know. <laughs> Glamorous. <laughs> so, um, real quick, did you or did you not enjoy StarCast? I did. I did. Um, I did not end up getting to go on Thursday, which um, I'm a little bit sad about because I know that's kind of more the day that kind of all the elite stuff was going on. Um, kind of some of their events, more of their events were on Thursday. It just didn't work out for us to get over there. But, yeah, I did. I had a good time. Um, I thought that some of the meet and greets and events were overpriced. But that's okay. You can just choose not to buy them, Mm -hmm. which I did. (laughs) Um, But overall, yeah, it it went off. There were a couple of things. It was definitely a bit crowded. um, But that's kind of to be expected. There wasn't anything glaringly, oh, they really screwed this up. Um, Everyone that we talked to or ran into, everybody was super cool, super nice. Didn't really have any issues. Have you heard that people didn't enjoy it? Um, there, there was some jadedness about the setup mm. with the vendors being all the way down in the basement, and then all the podcasters being down the same hallway. <laughs> and like, yeah. how did they? How did most of them, you know, who were supposed to have access to these guys? I mean, how, how were they, did they get clean recordings? Did they get clean recordings? I just, that's, that's a good question. Um, because yeah, they did have all the podcast table down one hallway, which was very easy to miss. It was like right next to the front door. So if you walked in and just walked through the lobby, you, you missed everybody. Like you would have to purposely go all the way down that hallway. Uh, and I know a couple people did have some issues, you know, trying to record at their table and say somebody's talking to someone at the table next to them that picks up, you know, they can't really record what they need to. I know a couple people did have some problems with that. Um, but for the most part, like for example, Mega Rand's podcast, uh, Matt Media podcast, 
they actually had some time like at the podcast studio, which was further away and had actual professional equipment and everything. I think everyone that got to record over there, those those went fine. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> So, but um, the the dying, the uh, burning question that uh, longtime listeners of the show have asked me that didn't get to go is, uh-huh. did people wash their asses and eat their vegetables? Uh, I'm going to go with a hard no on that. Oh, I was no. afraid of that. That's a definite no. All right. Um, yeah, and it was Chicago in the summer. The first two days were kind of nice. They were a little bit cooler. Then it got hot and humid, and yeah, it was gross. It was gross. You know, there's no other way to put it. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to have to keep saying this to people. All right. All right, my little calzones. This is Captain Jack talking to you. We we need to have a very frank discussion as we do every yes. time there seems to be a New Japan or Mania weekend of related event. You got to use soap. Yep. You got to, you know, if you, if you got to pack some uh pack some wet ones in your jorts. Uh, that'd be a good idea. Take a fucking stick of deodorant with you. I see y'all carrying fanny packs and taking my lead from that shit I started a year ago. You know, they they fit in there. They do. You you, you yeah. gotta you gotta keep yourself clean for yourself and for those around you. Uh, you know, I don't want to see Nick and Matt Jackson like fucking catching the swine flu because you didn't <laughs> wash your goddamn hands. Um. Yeah, I will say I definitely got sick. Uh, of course. Definitely caught a cold there um, that I'm finally, I think, getting over. And I know at least a couple other people that did as well. It's to be expected when there's that many people. But, yeah, there were definitely a few times where it was like, I need to get out of this building for a few minutes. And, uh, yeah, basically every night when we got back, I was like, okay, time for a shower. This is gross. (laughs) Y'all got to be better. Yeah. I'm not talking about you. Oh, I know, I know. You're in Casey's. I've I've hugged y'all, so I know that you're in Casey's. Hygiene is above reproach. Oh, but well, thank you. We we you know this this walking swamp ass cooler shit <laughs> has got to stop. It's got to stop, please. It, it does, <laughs> it does. But now now that we're through that and our public service announcement that I'll probably have to fucking repeat again at Bola <laughs> many times. <laughs> yeah, and, and actually that that is for the Bola people. You know, I, the my close. My close knit group of PWG faithful, they they know they got their stuff together. But I mean, Good. just because the building is twice the size now doesn't mean the rest of y'all get to just like neglect showers. <laughs> get Please on don't. that shit. Yeah. So uh, this started off uh, zero hour on WGN America, mm-hmm. um, and we'll kind of go back and forth, lightning round style about you know what we saw on TV versus what you guys saw there in person. Um, oh. Out come the Bucks and Cody with um, brand new custom all-in championship belts. I think the Bucks are going for like that Ultimo Dragon style, like 18 belts that people have created for them <laughs> or they've created for themselves. Yeah. Uh, so that I didn't actually know that part was on TV. So that that was what started it. Yes, it did. The broadcast. And, okay. And cool. then they did uh, pyro after they paid the pyro guy. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. had Road Warrior Animal ride out on a motorcycle. And mm-hmm. then, uh, and yeah, and then they got into it. Then everybody went backstage. They played the uh, opening the opening of the show for Zero Hour. And uh, we had um, SCU versus uh, Two Bags of Garbage. 
<laughs> yep. Uh, as we call them, uh, if toxic masculinity were a tag team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're gross. They suck. Yeah, like if if Alex Jones's remix of that song about the the frogs turning the gay, gay frogs. Yeah, <laughs> yes. if the gay frog remix like grew like four arms and four legs, <laughs> it would yes. be the Briscoes. That's the Briscoes. There you go. <laughs> absolutely. So. Uh, yeah, most people there. I mean, SEU is over as hell right now um the whole weekend so many scu chants all the time in the building it was it was so loud um a few chants for the briscoes not many um but god they are so good yeah um i gotta tell you that uh my uh my friends and sponsors over at russell crate and lapel yeah by the way go to the site use my name heartless for 20 percent off your uh your orders everybody uh so they flew out on Wednesday and Thursday and they did the thing and Daniel messages me back and he's just like this is the worst town <laughs> I have ever been in oh yeah we were uh, we were doing that that bit kind of running all weekend yeah. <laughs> just whatever the situation was we were trying to cross the street one time at this really awful intersection and of course it was the worst intersection we'd ever been in <laughs> yeah um i i loved the fact that they uh, they paid off the rocky three training and they oh, dressed yeah. up as rocky and apollo i thought that was mm -hmm. magnificent yeah um there was there was a couple of hot moves in here that reversal of the doomsday device into the power slam for the win was oh yeah mwah. that was mm -hmm. so good yeah but uh, SCU gets a non-title victory over the ROH Tag Team Champions. Uh, that is a feud that has been going on in Ring of Honor for a while now because the crowd, by sheer force of will, have turned <laughs> SCU face. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's the power of being the elite right there. That's right. <laughs> so, um, and then the next one, and I'm, I'm probably going to let you take point on this because there was so much going on. Oh my god. Holy yeah. shit. The over budget battle royal for a shot at the Ring of Honor world title was like better than I could have ever imagined. Oh yeah. Um battle royals by and large aren't good. They're not fun to watch usually. You can't there's usually a mess. You don't know really what's going on. Uh this was probably the best most fun battle royal ever. <laughs> um and I there was so much going on even in person that uh, I haven't gotten to watch this one back yet, unfortunately. But everybody got their moment. Everybody got a spot. The best friends got to hug. Jordan Grace got to lift up Brian Cage. Oh, my God. <laughs> Marco Stunt got thrown around. <laughs> let's let's call it right there. Let's discuss those three things. Yeah. So, first of all, once the best friends finally got to hug after they had properly disposed oh. of all the ego ethan page the mm -hmm. camera did the rainmakers yes. zoom out. <laughs> amazing and it was so good and <laughs> i uh, for, for once in my life i and ian Riccaboni are on the same page because we love the best friends hugging with the oh, same yeah. level of enthusiasm mm -hmm. uh the second thing jordan grace is a goddamn force of nature she is and i hope that this i i really would not have minded actually i would have liked it if she had won this um just because 
what an interesting matchup that would have been versus Jay Lethal later in the night. But the fact oh, yeah. that she got to throw around and eliminate the Brian Cage, too large <laughs> for the Sears Center, Brian Cage, yes. <laughs> was fucking phenomenal. And um, we, as we talked about two weeks ago on the show, uh, Marco Stunt, who ended up being the surprise MVP of Joey Janela's Lost in New York, um, of, of course he had to interact with Bully Ray primarily. Yeah. But the crowd looked like they lost their fucking minds when he spun out and like flew eight feet in the air and then oh hit my that God. code breaker. Yeah. Um, so I, I got to be honest that I had no idea who this kid was until they booked him for this and then i had to go try and figure out who he was i know almost nothing about him he's very short i can tell you that um but god he was just getting thrown around i'm like is that please stop hurting the child he's someone do something he's surprisingly <laughs> resilient and he, he is he got over on the national stage just uh real quick because uh he was the surprise opponent out of the crowd for kyle the beast at uh joey Jones lost in new oh. york SummerSlam weekend Okay. And when Kyle the Beast pulled him out of the crowd, he's like, how old are you? And this tiny little guy put his beard down and said, old enough to fuck your mom. Oh, no. <laughs> and then they had this ridiculous death-defying match for like 15 minutes where Marco Stunt did some of the most wild shit. The stuff I can't even describe to you. You just need to watch it. It was so amazing. Um, and oh, that's what shit. got him booked. He literally got booked for the Battle Royal by Cody the next day. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so his his story was a really cool one, um, but you know, uh, also Cole Cabana just yes. fucking tossing dudes left and right, and mm -hmm. you know the wrestling king of Chicago as they called him on commentary, <laughs> and uh, th the big surprise at the end, uh, you know, I had joked on the show several times mm -hmm. about that's that. Uh, Flip Gordon would secretly show up as Pay, Dean Malenko style, and win this thing. <laughs> Little did I know they well... were going to have him come out as El Hijo de Chico. <laughs> it was, this was phenomenal. I, 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 don't, yeah. I don't think television did the level of that pop justice. Oh, no. I mean, so we are – the suite we were in was way off to the side, like pretty much as far to the – uh, left of the stage as it could be. Mm -hmm. So we could actually see kind of back behind the stage to where people were walking up the steps to get on the stage, which was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. But they sent everybody out um, almost all at the same time. So we're, we're trying to see like, okay, there's Trent, there's Chuck. We're like counting who's coming in. And we saw him. We're like, who's, who's that? I don't know. But then like everything started. You, we didn't have even have a second to like give it a second thought. Mm -hmm. And we kind of lost track of them. So then fucking Bully Ray wins. Everybody's losing their shit. Everybody's upset. And then, yeah, he pops back in the ring. We're like, oh, shit, is that flip? Well, we were we were pulling so hard that Neville was going to be there at some point. We were a little bit sad that he wasn't. But it's fine that it was flip. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and we're believe me, we're all on Pac watch mm -hmm. for for next weekend. I, oh, I yeah. can assure you. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's that was just the absolute best payoff for that possible, and oh, whatever yeah. happened in that match didn't really matter. Um, uh -huh. But the fact that he actually got in on got on the show was just absolutely wild. People fucking loved it. Uh, you know, I was cackling maniacally because I was like, "Oh my god, I actually got that right." 
Um, yeah. But it ended up being the right call. And then the actual show itself starts uh, with a late edition, which was uh, MJF versus uh, Matt Cross. And uh, were you familiar with Maxwell Jacob Friedman before this? Um, I've heard of him. I haven't seen him work before. Um, but from what I understand, I think he was also a Cody handpicked uh, guy to be on the show, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, but he uh, he really impressed me when I saw him at Mania Weekend uh, several times. And he's only, mm-hmm. like, been in the business a couple of years. I think he's 24, 25 wow. tops. And already he's the CZW World Champion. Um, he, wow. He has really started to make a name for himself a lot of places. He's another uh, GCW stalwart. He did the crazy thing with Weedus and Spider-Nate Webb a few weeks ago. But, uh, yeah, he's on the way up. And, of course, Matt Cross and his 84 abs. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, or as, he's, or as he was known in progress during the flashback show, Double Meat Popeye Mulligan. Never was there a better name for that man. Oh, yeah. But yeah, um, he's, yeah. we're big fans of his, have been for quite a while. He's he's amazing. Yeah, he's uh, he's it's really cool to see the difference in like a, you know, an eight to ten year period that he went from like working ROH and getting yelled at for no reason by Steve Austin on a reality show <laughs> to like working this giant show and getting a win. Yeah. But uh, like, was everybody really happy to see these guys? They seem mostly to know who they were. For the most part, yes. Um, I mean, the I think it helped that uh, I don't know. I saw Matt Cross once or twice at StarCast. I don't know if he actually had a table. Don't think he did, but MJF definitely did. Yeah. Um, and he was there all the days leading up to it. So it was kind of like if you didn't know him before, you did by then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everybody was into this match. We kind of said our kind of impression of the whole show is every match went the way that you wanted it to. Like there wasn't any spiteful booking or anything like that. that <laughs> oh, kind of spite. Come booking. to be useful. Yeah. Come to get used to, but um, yeah, just every, every story paid off in a way that made you happy, <laughs> including this match. Like yeah. the, the correct guy won every time. Yeah. Um, the, the funny thing about MJF is, uh, when he was doing his autograph signings at StarCast, and I know this because my friend got one of them, he just signed it, Hey, dickhead, I'm better than you. You're welcome, <laughs> Maxwell Jacob Friedman. That's amazing. Which is incredible. Yeah, he is, his Twitter game is an 11 out of 10. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. But, uh, yeah, Matt Cross gets the win here at about 10 minutes with the um, Shooting Star Press. Uh, that'll be very important to remember later in the evening. Um, as we go to my first big mark out of the night, as I saw Sean Mooney, who looks like he's barely aged in the last 30 years, <laughs> and he interviews uh, the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, Nick Aldis, who uh, puts over his match with Cody, and uh, yet again, a, yet another step in them making that match feel super extra special after me kind of being cold on it when they announced it, but they've uh, yeah, they fight the shit out of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, this next one was interesting, uh, and I was wondering how this came off live, because Jerry Lynn is out at the uh, the special referee, or as he's now known, the whole ref and show, <laughs> and it's Christopher Daniels versus Stephen Amell. Uh, we had kind of some reservations on this one of how is Stephen Amell going to do. Um, turns out 
pretty damn good. He can hang. Yeah, the the big thing that um, stuck out to me here was it just seemed like the match was very smartly put together. To kind of play to his yes newness, maybe? <laughs> yes, because keep in mind, the guys only wrestled twice, and those yeah. were in tag matches. Uh-huh. So it's a lot easier to hide and that shit And it's been a couple match. of years, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last one was in 2017 at that San Antonio show. Oh, yeah. Ring of Honor. And um, that was actually the connective tissue back to this is he interfered in the main event when Christopher Daniels was getting his ROH World Title rematch, and he helped Cody put CD through a flaming table. So uh, that uh, comes all the way back around, along with all the stuff on being the elite with Christopher Daniels mm-hmm. trying to frame him for the murder of famous dick wrestler Joey Ryan. <laughs> and uh, And yeah, this was... This looked like it came off really well. Um, yeah. Stephen Amell hit a falcon arrow. <laughs> what the shit? <laughs> I mean, that's on brand. Yeah. For for yeah. the green arrow to hit that move, I guess. But uh, Oh, and then a coast-to-coast. I thought he was going to eat shit, and then he not only oh, recovered, yeah. but he hit it. Uh-huh. Yeah, when he was setting that up, we're like, what? Oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, he, he hit that shit. Yeah, um, also, the funniest thing is, by the way, the, the MVP on commentary of this entire show is Excalibur, and... Oh, totally. Oh, man. So, he, the table, a table gets set up on the outside, like, in the first couple minutes, and f- <laughs> fucking Excalibur refers to it five minutes later as Chekhov's table. <laughs> uh, he also, this is one of the matches that I have gotten to watch back so far. I haven't gotten to watch the whole thing yet. But when Amel does the Falcon Arrow and Daniels kicks out of it, he's like, no one ever kicks out of that. (laughs) Which Seth Rollins does that and it gets kicked out of every single Monday night always. So we popped pretty hard for that joke, too. Yeah, he he had some great ones throughout the night. And uh, like I said, he was kind of he was kind of my MVP of the show because of all those all the hilarious shit that he said. But yeah, yeah. He goes up top, goes for the elbow drop to the outside, eats a whole lot of table, <laughs> and then ends up losing. Holy crap, the uh, the actor loses to yeah. the established wrestler. What a concept. <laughs> Ridiculous. A blasphemy borderline. <sighs> but yeah, like a lot of people, us included here in uh, here in L.A., were very surprised that Amel lost. We figured that was... Uh, we were so conditioned that the celebrity goes over no matter what. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were. I think we were surprised. It's the correct result, but we were definitely surprised. Yeah. Yeah, but it was it was a lot of fun. I'm impressed for what it was. Um, mm-hmm. Daniels himself said that uh, Amel showed more poise than most guys who's had 20 times the amount of ring time he has. Wow. So... He, uh, a lot of respect there. We'll see if that's something he can do, he does again, or something that executives allow him to do again. Yeah. Because. <laughs> Good point. I, I gotta say, as I as I know some people who work on the Berlantiverse shows, there were probably some puckered buttholes in Vancouver <laughs> when that was going on. Let me tell oh, you yeah. what. <laughs> that table spot. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was ridiculous. But uh, the next match was the uh, the women's four-way, Britt Baker versus Chelsea Green versus Madison Rain versus Tessa Blanchard. Uh, Britt Baker comes out to the Adam Cole music. Everybody goes nuts. Um, mm-hmm. Tessa Blanchard comes out, and her dad and stepdad are there. 
that matters because those people are Tully Blanchard and Magnum T.A., by God. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then Chelsea Green comes out looking absolutely out of her mind. (laughs) (laughs) And I've seen her do the split personality gimmick mid-match, so I was just like, well, Jesus, (laughs) we're just going to come in hot on this. Yep. And uh, this was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun, and it seemed like the crowd was way, way into it. Yeah, they definitely were. Um, Yeah, this this one, this match was great. I think the ending might have maybe gotten slightly messed up. Mm -hmm. At least that's what it looked like in person. I don't know if that came across on TV. It it, sure did. Okay. (laughs) Which, I I don't think it's anybody's fault, necessarily. You just, they just didn't get there in time, and it would have looked stupid if they tried to cover it up and say, oh, no, that wasn't three. So the right thing happened, and I think Tessa was probably supposed to win anyway. She was, and apparently that attempt at a save was supposed to come in after the three. Oh. Is the rumor I heard? Take that for what you will. I'm no interesting. I'm no Meltzer. I don't hate women, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell that to Casey and his nine ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, oh. yeah, um, I will. <laughs> so yeah, everybody kind of got a, a real chance to shine in this, considering yeah. it only went about like. 13 minutes but it was just a lot of fun i mean a little bit of the air was let out it did look like a botch on the ending on tv and there was a bit of confusion there but yeah the right person won uh Mm -hmm. tessa is on an absolute roll she's the impact women's champion she's the pcw ultra women's champion um she just signed a contract with uh wow wrestling and uh, yeah i just saw that today yeah so she's absolutely in fuego right now. But uh, I, I think that the person whose stock rose the most from this, though, from what I've seen and the reactions, though, is mm-hmm. I think people weren't necessarily ready for Chelsea Green to be as absolutely insane as she was. Oh, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, I think maybe, I mean, I'm speaking for myself here, but I, I think maybe people haven't seen her as much as, say, Tessa or Britt. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like you said, they just, they weren't ready. (laughs) She's, she's awesome. She's hilarious. Yeah. So she was, she was just like turned up to an 11 the entire time. It was great. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I would actually say up to this point, this might be, this was tied with the over budget battle royal for my favorite match so far. Yeah, I would agree. And then we get a uh, we get a sighting from a uh, friend of the show, Chico the Luchador, and uh, <laughs> Fat Ass Masa at ringside, along with a uh, hand drawn sign by uh, Chico telling people to go watch part two of Scuffling with Shade, which everyone should totally do. <laughs> uh, you know, if I can if I can scrape together the bundle of money for his appearance fee, he will be coming on the uh, show sometime soon to talk about Scuffling nice. with Shade. So let's fingers crossed we get that done. We were talking about it all the way back in Mania Weekend. So, awesome. But yeah, as I as I became the only person in the history of human events to actually get a discount on a shirt from Chico. <laughs> How did you do that? Um, m- magic. Actually, <laughs> Cole Cabana was standing to the right and even he raised his eyebrows. He's like, really? <laughs> Who's this guy? <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. It uh, 
yeah, so I, I kind of had to keep that quiet for a while, but uh, it's <laughs> out there now. Nice. But this next match, as as we alluded to earlier, um, didn't think a whole lot of it when it was announced, but uh, holy crap, they <laughs> they used every single channel they possibly could to build this up and make this feel really important. Um, I yeah. can't remember the last time an NWA title match felt this important, but this one did. Uh, Nick Aldis versus Cody Rhodes. Um, Cody is a babyface for life now because he came out with Pharaoh. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we were all losing our shit to see Pharaoh, but I also was a little bit worried because I don't know how he couldn't have been scared with all that noise and lights and people. He was such a good dog. What a good boy. Um, I got to tell you that here in L.A., Kristen started screaming when Pharaoh <laughs> came into the shot. And then when he was sitting at ringside, she was like, look at your smile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will say on Friday, the very first day we got to StarCast, we got our wristbands, walked inside. We're like, hey, what's going on in the lobby? And there was a stage set up with they were somebody was doing their podcast. And Cody was up there with Pharaoh. And we immediately were like, Pharaoh, taking pictures. Oh, that was exciting. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, he said only, he actually tweeted that only Masa met more people at StarCast than Pharaoh did. <laughs> than Pharaoh did. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, his fight camp, what, what a what a collection of folks. Uh, Glacier, yeah. DDP, and uh, Tommy Dreamer. Mm-hmm. And... But then you stand back and you're like, well, he's probably known all of those guys since he was a kid. So right. it makes more sense. And then um, I liked the dichotomy just in a visual presentation, how they was the only match of the night where they shot the entrances from the back up the ramp and out the out the runway. Um, all of Cody's people, with the exception of Brandy, who that was like sparkly goals. Um <laughs> They all had the track suits on, whereas everybody that came out with the champion had suits on. And, you know, he had Jeff Jarrett, and he had the guy he beat mm -hmm. for the title, Tim Storm, and he had Sean Devari and Sam Shaw. It was So visually, they had already set it up, so it, at least on, on TV, it sounded like everybody was going nuts before they even touched each other. Yeah, they were. Um, and I, I have to agree, like, when they first announced this match... I, I was like, all right, fine. Why do I care? But yeah, they did an awesome job building it. And in fact, during StarCast, um, you know, Aldous was there, but, and kind of everybody was just kind of pulling up to the front of the hotel to get dropped off or picked up or whatever. So, you know, wrestlers just milling about the whole time. Aldous showed up every day in a Bentley that he parked on the curb. Fuck yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, even like something that you're not even going to see on TV just to build it up yeah. to just people at StarCast. Like the level of detail that they went into for this thing was amazing. Yeah, we were um, – before All In came on, I was getting caught up on 10 Pounds of Gold, and Kristen wandered in, and she was like, is that Nick – is that Magnus? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and she was like, Jesus, when did he become such a good promo? And I'm like, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we we cannot um, underplay the role that he's played in this, in the Ten Pounds of Gold series on YouTube, and uh, you know it's just everything that they've done is very very smart. Um, 
classic Jim Crockett era, Earl Hebner, all 800 years old of him, uh, was, <laughs> was here to be the referee. Uh, what did you think of the match itself? Uh, I liked it more than I was expecting to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm unfortunately not the biggest fan of the fake injury spot, but I, once I realized it was fake, I was okay with it. I understand why they did it. Um, but I tend to freak out at things like that. <laughs> like, no, please, in the middle of the biggest show ever, please don't let the main guy just have gotten injured. I fall for those things very easily. Um, how did that play on TV? If it makes you feel any better, you know, I, I sat here with um, with a friend of mine who's been around the business pretty much his entire life. Mm-hmm. And we bought into it for, for a minute there. Okay, Because good. <laughs> it, it took long enough and Earl was playing it off, you know, like he wasn't just talking to him. He just he he played dumb really well, for lack yeah. of a better way to put it. And then once once Paige came down and once he got shoved by Devari, then we we're like, okay, yeah, here exactly. We go. That's yeah. Once he came down, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's this is an angle that that, and I was fine with it then. Like, yeah. but yeah, I liked this a lot more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, and also Diamond Dallas Page has either is either the Highlander or he just ages in reverse now. <laughs> right? He's yeah, he's amazing. I don't know how he still looks so good and can move so well. It's it's out of control. So and he's like seven feet tall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's probably he's probably a legit six seven. Like no, yeah. no bullshit uh, adding inches or lifts or anything. And, uh-huh. uh, yeah, he dropped Davari like a bad habit, placed, went ballistic, and then, uh, Cody, Cody came up just a bloody mess. Mm-hmm. So, it was, it was very Dusty-esque. Yeah. Extremely. Um, I will say that pop when Cody won was probably the loudest pop I've ever been really? live for. Wow. Yeah. And, and you've you've been to like WrestleManias and big stuff. Yeah, like that. I mean, yes, but okay, I wasn't live for say, for example, the Hardys coming back. Okay. But I imagine it would it would be similar to that. We, I actually was so into it at home that like when it happened, I went yes and jumped up, and then Kristen was already <laughs> asleep in the other room. She was like, "What?" And like, "No, nah, go back to bed. It's fine. It's fine." Um, yeah. You know, uh, as anybody who knows me knows, I'm a gigantic, uh, I'm a gigantic mark for Dusty Rhodes. I do have mm-hmm. a uh, bionic elbow tattoo for crying out loud. Um, so this was huge, and yeah, I'm very interested, just from a business standpoint, to see if, because um, the normal Dusty thing is he won the title three times, but I don't think he ever held it for more than about five weeks total mm. in those three reigns. So if Cody can hold it and can make it into and out of the 70th anniversary show at the end of October and still be the champion, then I think they're going to run with him for a while. Oh, wow. Hmm. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see what they do then. So, And also, I think they've now made a lot of people actually like want to plunk down money to watch the 70th anniversary NWA show on Fight. <laughs> right, which when, when, when was that going to happen before that? You know, you know everything about this... You know, from a, I think this came off as the biggest win all around 
from a storytelling standpoint, from a business standpoint, coming out of this show. And I'm wondering if Cody chooses not to re-sign with ROH and remains truly independent and starts traveling as the NWA champion. Hmm, interesting. Maybe. And I also wonder what that means for the rest of the guys because they said that they were all going to go together. And I think it's... They said they're going to stick together. Yep, yeah. and it's it's pretty apparent that they're not going back to the Fed. I hope to God they aren't. <laughs> Why? Why would you do that after this? Why would they? There doesn't make... It wouldn't make any sense for them to. They, they just proved they can make, like, legitimate mountains of money, Dark Knight style. Yes. And <laughs> without having to go there. So why why would you do it? You got your money and your freedom. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't. I really don't want them to. But I, I kind of don't see any reason or any draw that at this point they would want to. I mean, five years, ten years from now, when their kids are older, they're older, more wear and tear on their bodies, maybe I could see it at that point. Right now, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You know, I, I would say the only reason they would need to do that is if, if the, the gravy train is really starting to slow down and come into the station, on, um, you know, in, in the bigger world. But it's not. Not any time no. remotely soon. Yeah. And this, this show no. certainly proved that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um, really interesting palate cleanser after everybody had just been emotionally spent in that <laughs> last match. And it was the Chicago street fight versus um, confessed murderer and man that yelled at Casey in public, Adam <laughs> yes. Page, versus the bad boy Joey Janela. Oh, yes. After the Cody match, we were kind of like, oof, I wish there was like a cool down that we could have now. But there really isn't one on this card. Mm -hmm. So we just kind of had to strap in for this one. Yeah, this was built very much like a uh, New Japan card as it just keeps ramping up and ramping up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought it was hysterical, and everybody should go and check out the uh, the Straps Twitter to watch uh, Casey get yelled at by Adam Page at StarCast. <laughs> yes, that was amazing. It was indeed. <laughs> uh, if you look very closely, you can see me trying to physically hide behind his body so that Page will not come and kill us. Yeah. Thankfully, he didn't. I mean... You you could go with the two wit many witnesses theory, but I mean everybody saw him on YouTube kill famous Dick <laughs> Russell Ryan, and then he admitted it against the advice <laughs> of his lawyers and of the yep. talking boots. Oh, the talking boots! Oh God, I showed Kristen the talking boots for the first time, and she lost her mind. <laughs> she thought that was just the funniest slash silliest thing she'd ever seen. It is ridiculous. So fucking good, so fucking good. How can people not love this? I don't get it. I, I don't understand. I think this was probably my favorite match. They did some wild shit in this match. Yeah. Um, the thing that stuck out to me, just because of the running gag I have with the WrestleCrate guys whenever we work live events, is Brownie always yells for somebody to do a burning hammer. And then he finally got a fucking burning hammer in the most dangerous way possible. Oh, God. And in, like, the largest screaming capital letters, I messaged the group chat, Burning Hammer! <laughs> and then they were like, is he dead? <laughs> Did he die? Yeah, I kind of thought he really is actually going to murder Joey Janela in this match. Yeah, that, and then we had a Donkey Kong Mario spot. Like, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> there was uh, and then Penelope Ford holy shit 
Was this your first ex- um, exposure to Penelope yes. Ford? Yeah. Yes, it was. And we felt kind of bad because we were like, oh, have you seen her before? No, I haven't. Have you? Oh, I wonder if she's just a valet or I wonder if she wrestles. And like the words had just left our mouths of us saying that when she pulled that shit out. She, we're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. She <laughs> had a hell of a stunner and the place sounded like they went bananas. Oh, yeah. They lost it for that. Yeah. She uh, she wrestles. She wrestles herself mostly in Beyond and GCW, whether as Joey's tag partner or um, she wrestles guys. Oh, awesome. So, yeah, um, she's she's one to watch. So she hasn't quite made it to uh, along with Joey as the package deal to P, uh, PWG yet, but I'm interested for the day when that does happen. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, she she looked awesome in this. Um, I love the fact that they were setting up the stuff with the garbage bags. And then yes. finally, when one got dumped out, they were the boots with the blood stains. <laughs> yeah. And Adam Page's facials throughout this. Ugh. I mean, his reactions are like, I don't know, just he can do everything. He can fucking do a moonsault. He can have a ridiculous reaction to some boots falling out of a bag. He can do a burning hammer onto a ladder. Like, what can he not do? I I don't know. But uh, this was another great running thing is, you know, they spent anywhere from like six months to a year building up a lot of these storylines on being the elite. Mm -hmm. And they paid so many of them off on this show. And I think it's part of why people had such a great time because shit actually meant something and went somewhere. Yeah. And even something as silly as as silly as like bloodstained talking boots (laughs) fucking (laughs) paid off. And uh, the fact, yeah. yeah, and the fact that they pulled out another garbage bag and the murder weapon was in it. The phone was in there. Yeah, amazing. And Don Callis screaming, "I thought you were supposed to dispose of the murder weapon," <laughs> was phenomenal. Um, and yeah, that the rite of passage he gave him off the ladder through that table looked gross. Oh God, gross. Oh, yeah, horrifying. Yeah, yeah, but this this match was a lot of fun. Holy shit. It was wild. It was different from anything else on the card. Yeah. And, uh, but then, uh, speaking of different, then we got what what's next. <laughs> and, I mean, I could feel, now, the the friend that I had over at the, at the house is, you know, he's, he's from a wrestling family. He has known Jim Cornette for a long time. He does not <laughs> care for Joey Ryan. Oh, no. So, except for one portion which we'll get to, but I could like hear Jim Cornette's teeth grinding from halfway (laughs) across the country Uh as walking dicks come out like druids, dick druids, as they were referred to by someone. But what was your reaction live when you see this? Oh God. Um, well, we kind of had an inkling that Joey might come out. Oh, that's right. Cause we were hoping that he would, Mm -hmm. but then, yeah, we're, as I mentioned before, we could see behind the stage. So we're kind of like, oh, is he coming out? Is he coming out? We're looking for Joey. And here come these, like, giant inflatable things. We're like, what the fuck? It's Dick! <laughs> <laughs> Screaming, crying, laughing. Oh it was the greatest. <laughs> oh, my God. Can, you know, if I would be all right with not seeing The Undertaker anymore, if we saw this instead. <laughs> yes. Like, Famous undead dick wrestler Joey Ryan <laughs> rising again. Um, oh, uh, Don Callis calling it the res erection of Joey yes. Ryan. 
Um, Excalibur called him the the walking, talking priapasm. Oh God! There was there was so much going on at this point. Um, oh. They asked Ian Riccoboni asked Don Callis what he makes of this. He's like, "Well, I may be an expert on penises, but I'm no expert on the undead, <laughs> or, or something to that effect." Um, I love that Adam Page channeled his inner Kane and kept yelling, "You're not real!" Oh yeah, I murdered you. <laughs> You're not real, and you know, no match. Joey just skips straight to the to the U porn plex. Yep. And the uh, and the sweet tooth music, which oh, which got a huge reaction, rolled oh, him yeah. out of the ring, and the inflatable Dick Druids carried him off. <laughs> Took him away. And what did they? Ch- what did these geniuses chant? All eleven thousand three hundred sixty-two oh, oh. of them. As as if, with one voice, we all came to the same conclusion that he needed to rest in penis. <laughs> oh God. So that is the only thing about this that my friend liked. He heard oh. rest in penis and he started laughing and he went, okay, that's amazing. All right, fine. <laughs> oh God. That is the only thing about the segment that won him over. <laughs> oh man. I, I personally, you know, I think pro wrestling could be all things to all people, and this was fucking yeah. phenomenal. <laughs> and I, I'm still oh, laughing yeah. about it. Oh, oh yeah, days later, it's still, it's hysterical. Oh, man. And then, uh, it, for me, this was a big thing. Uh, Jay Lethal backstage, a, a hand, a mystery hand, comes out, <laughs> slaps him on the shoulder, and he is immediately Randy Savage again. I got super yep. excited. Uh, the unfortunate thing is Flip Gordon kind of became an afterthought because the biggest baby face in the building automatically became Black Machismo yeah. Jay Lethal after that. Kind of true. But um, Lanny Poffo coming out with him, the genius, throwing Frisbees, had on this amazing shirt that I don't know if you could see the shirt or if you've seen it yet. It has no. It has Lanny Poffo on one side and Jay Lethal in the Macho Man garb on it, and it says Brothers from Another Mother. Oh. it's it's we were dying and uh it was great he came out wearing the gear that macho man debuted in wcw wearing in late 94 which was really cool um brandy came out like straight out of like an andrew sisters video from the 40s and that's not a bad thing by the way <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know this this match was cool but you know once lethal came out and as black machismo it's like everybody kind of you know the idea of flip winning became an afterthought yeah i i would agree um i'm really i was excited for flip i'm glad he got the opportunity i honestly was kind of expecting even after he surprise won the battle royal that cody was going to come out and like reverse the decision or something (laughs) just because of you know what they've been building on being the elite was a little bit surprised that didn't happen um, but yeah, I mean, it would kind of became more about the Jay Lethal, uh, being activated and deactivated <laughs> more so than about Flip potentially winning. The, the only thing nearly as funny as Dick Druids was, um, was Black Machismo thinking that Brandy Rhodes was Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was pretty fucking great. That got a huge laugh. Yeah. Out of us here. Um, and then, of course, Bully Ray 
the the worst person in the world the worst <laughs> the worst comes out uh, ball punches for everyone <laughs> but then <laughs> i it, this was so great it made me wish that colt colt cabana who came out for the save Jay Lethal and Flip Gordon were to the shield rather than the shield as they <laughs> right. gave the triple power bomb to Bully Ray. Uh, yeah, when they did that, I mean, it was awesome. But uh, my friend that was with us, he was like, kind of feels like you put your uh, 2K on randomize here. And this is the team that you got. This was this was an ROH storyline because Cole Cabana is the, the one of the few dudes who stood up for Bully Ray picking on all the little guys. Like cheeseburger uh-huh. and going after Flip Gordon and kicking him in the dick all the time. Finally, Colt got to the point where it was all it can stand and he couldn't stand no more. And that's why <laughs> it came down to the two of them in the Battle Royal. So this did have some continuity, but granted, uh-huh. you got to watch ROH to kind of get it. It's true. I would like to do that more, but, you know, time. Too much fucking wrestling. <laughs> yep. But uh, this was this was cool. And then we went into what, for me, was the main event. And just to give some give some background uh for those who listened to the pwg recap last year uh the six man with the lucha brothers and flamita versus the elite uh the my favorite moment of that match was the very first stare down between kenny omega and pentagon jr Mm, and i've been salivating ever since for the day we would get this one-on-one confrontation so when they announced this this was the one match more than any other that made me really angry i was not going to be there live yeah. This was, yeah, uh, dream match. Yeah, it was it was incredible. Um, I love the nonchalant slap that Kenny gave him when he tried to do the zero meadow. <laughs> and I I also love that uh, the story of the match was Kenny doesn't do well against brawlers, and mm. and, and they did a very good job. Callus, of course, being the Bobby Heenan to Kenny's Kurt Henning. Um, did a very good job getting that across on commentary. And that, uh, you know, that's why Pentagon was just kicking the shit out of them there for a while. Yeah. And, until they started to really, really go back and forth. But fuck, everybody needs to go out of their way to watch this. Yeah, this was incredible. Um, we, make a long story short, we ended up in a different suite for this match. Nice. Where we had to be quiet. Oh, no. Yeah, which was really rough. And you love Kenny. <laughs> How could you do that? <laughs> oh, God, it was really bad. <laughs> um, yeah, we were told, like, hey, hey, come over here. Something, something cool is happening. So we went to the other suite and we're like, yeah, this is neat and all, but I can't mark out in here, so I need to go back. So <laughs> we did end up going back after this match. But, yeah, we had to be, like, the quietest Terminator claps ever. <sighs> like, Kenny getting his arm broken, I was like, no, no, no. But I was trying so hard to, like, not be noticed. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of tough. Um, also, for every every single, like, neckbeard who talks about how Kenny and the Bucks, you know, do overkill on everything, I'll have <laughs> you know that this was the very first apron spot of the night. Oh, and, good point. And it was, you know, in one of, you know, it was one of the main event matches at the end of the night, and it was a sick one, where Pentagon oh, gave him the package pile driver on the apron, and we were like, well, that's it, he's dead. Yeah, that's, I was like, oh my god, why did you just do that? And then, at least from where I was watching it from, tell me if this came across on TV, 
Kenny gets back in the ring and then basically has a full on conversation with the ref. And I'm like, what? Is he hurt? Shit. You know, I was so upset. I watched this a couple of times and I didn't catch that. Weird. Okay, maybe they did a good job of hiding it, but he was like over obviously talking to him Mm -hmm. and then did it again and was looked like he was pointing at his own head. And I was like, God damn it. If he is hurt, I'm going to lose my shit. Um, But then I was like, okay, if the match ends really quickly, then I'll know. And it didn't. It went on for probably five or six more minutes. So hmm, interesting. I'll have to watch that one back. Yeah. And he, you know, Pentagon doubles down on that, hits a huge double stomp for two. Mega fires back up, and he hits his own package pile driver, and they were just back and forth from there. Counter of the one-wing angel, the arm break spot like you were talking about, mm. into another package pile driver. Everybody's going absolutely bananas. You know, a few more V-triggers, finally a poison rana to somebody who can take a poison rana like death. <laughs> <laughs> Let that be said. And the one winged angel, nobody kicks out of that shit unless you're Kota Ibushi nope. and it's six years ago. But that's right. <laughs> Kenny wins a fantastic contest. Mm. Yeah. But um, but then, yeah, I want to know how this played <laughs> off live, because when the lights went out, they, they did a very good job on the on the fight TV feed of making it almost look like an error, especially with Kenny's oh. reactions to it. Kenny reacted like, what's going on? And then just went right back to celebrating. It wasn't until Pentagon, quote unquote, stood Mm -hmm. up and we got a good look at his arm that we knew something was going on. Interesting. Um, Yeah. So live, the lights went out and for a second it was kind of like, uh oh, was that supposed to happen? They come back on um, much, much more difficult, obviously, for us to tell Mm -hmm. what was going on because we didn't have you know, a camera right up there to see tattoos or anything like that. Um, so we're like, why, why is he still there? <laughs> why is he attacking him again? Um, not until he hit the code breaker. Was it like, Oh shit, it's Jericho. <laughs> so the wildest one show only commercial you've ever <laughs> seen in your entire life. Yep. Chris Jericho who apparently likes to hide his mask guys now, um, beats the shit out of Kenny Omega to build up the Alpha Club, or is it Y2 Jackson versus <laughs> Kenny, Cody, and Marty on the cruise? Although maybe now they're going to do a main event on a second night of just Kenny versus Jericho straight up, which would be awesome. Mm, but yeah. he's like, see you on the cruise. And it sounded like everybody started laughing. <laughs> um, I I didn't notice that. Yeah. Maybe. But I didn't notice that yeah. live that people were laughing. It's possible. You talk about people not washing their asses and eating their vegetables. That That is going to be dick soup on a boat. Exactly. Boom. That's that's the reason I like not have not even given one thought to trying to go on that. Yeah. Like, at least it's sarcastic. I can go outside. I can escape. There's no escape <laughs> you from that damn can't boat. You escape. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> Oh, my God. And then we finally got the asshole hand guys uh, making fun of Marty and saying there's, you know, he's going to get whooped in record time. And he snaps, Uh he breaks both their fingers, shuts them up. That is one of my favorite parts of being the elite. Those (laughs) fucking hands. Super funny. I laugh so hard every fucking time. (laughs) So when they popped up, I was, yeah, I was laughing so fucking hard. And finally, Marty 
Mark, as only he can, is the only one who can defeat them. Yep. And I never want to know how he does the finger-breaking thing, because it always, it always like, sends a shiver down my spine. It's oh, yeah, it's gross. Every time. But um, I will say going into this, which I'm shocked that this was the semi-main end of the amount of time they got, but uh, Marty versus Okada, this is my favorite Marty match that I've seen in about two years. Uh, this mm. is the first, you know, serious Marty I can remember seeing in a long time. Yeah. Because a lot of times when I see him at PWG, and I say this as a fan of Marty Skrull, um, that since he's joined the Bullet Club, he kind of, you know, if, if he doesn't have to take a lot of bumps and if he can get away with more shenanigans and stuff like that, he does. And hey, that, you, that's a that's fine. career yeah. lengthener. But, uh, yes. you know, this was a match where they built it up like he really needed to get serious and bring it. And that was underscored by the fact that Okada finally lost the fucking balloons. And it wasn't little <laughs> Kazu. It was the Rainmaker that showed yeah. up in Chicago. And I was losing my mind. I was like, yeah, no balloons. <laughs> That's kind of the first thing I thought, too. I was like, where's your balloons? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was fucking stoked. I was like, get serious. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, was, I was way into this. It looks like uh, people's mileage may have varied on this. What, what was the reaction like live? Um, I, I don't want to say people dis, disliked it, but I will say it was the next to last match. We'd been screaming our heads off for hours. People were tired by this point. Mm. I think if it had been half as long, it probably would have not maybe dipped. <laughs> the energy might not have dipped yeah. as much. Um, not to say it was bad or anything. I was kind of expecting... You're right, Marty did get serious. I was expecting him to be a little nastier, though. Um, I mean, he did whack him with the umbrella. He did the finger break and everything, but I was kind of expecting him to be a little meaner to try to try to get the win. He, um, he did break I was up. kind of surprised he didn't. He did break up the Rainmaker with the umbrella because only the umbrella sure. can stop the rain. Yes. So that was <laughs> very literal. Yeah. Yeah. That ended up being literal. Um, I, I will say there was quite a bit of this. I did enjoy. I liked Okada going two Oh five and that going into the finger breaking. Oh, spot. that was funny. That was, a, yeah. that was really well put together. Um, yeah, so personally, I like this match a lot. I've been going back and forth on whether this was my favorite match of the night or Kenny versus Pentagon was. Mm -hmm. um, that's how much I liked it. But, uh, you know, other people were just wildly all over the place. They were like, 26 minutes is too long for this. And I'm just like, yeah, you, you brought Kazuchika Okada to your building, brother. You can't expect <laughs> him to not go a half hour with entrances. Yeah. Minimum. And, and that's the thing. That's the thing. We were like, yeah, why why was this so long? But that's that's the answer. I mean, it's an Okada match. You, you really brought him this far, paid him. Yep. He's, yeah, he's not going to do a 10-minute match. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I know a lot of people were saying that putting the blame on this specific match for what happened next, but um, there's some people that said that this went um, too long by half, that this was 12 or 13 mm. minutes too long. Uh, other folks, um, actually Marty himself just came out today and said that, no, if anything, my match was like a minute and a half too long. It, this was just a culmination of other stuff going a little long all night oh, long yeah. leading up to the ending. Just everything kind of snowballed. Yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but Okada wins with a ridiculously rough Rainmaker and then another <laughs> to put Marty down at about the 26-minute mark. 
Um, but yeah, it, it was coming across on, on TV, um, uh, at first sound, it sounded like people were getting apathetic through it, but yeah, the, mm-hmm. the fatigue factor, if, you know, heading into the end of the fifth hour of everybody being there was probably a big part of it. Yeah. I mean, there's only, there's only so much you can do, right? I mean, we'd been in there since four o'clock. We got there about an hour before even the pre-show started. Yeah. Um, and you know, we, everybody had been partying drinking all weekend you know people are tired by that point um it's not that anybody was like wanting to zone out or not pay attention it's just there's a limit to human endurance (laughs) yeah absolutely and i think the uh the six that we had in the main event definitely knew that and holy shit what a main event Rey mysterio bandito and phoenix versus the golden elite of kode abushi and the young bucks um first and foremost this is the best Rey Mysterio gear I have ever seen, and I won't hear oh, otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> Holy I'm shit. I'm not going to disagree. Holy shit. Not, not only that, he's like in like jacked like 1997 shape right now. Yeah. And uh, on top of all that, and just everybody looked amazing. Uh, I think the fact that this only went, you know, this went just a shade under 12 minutes. I think mm-hmm. every one of these guys were like, yeah, let's let's just throw everything at them and let's blow the doors off to finish this thing out. And they did. <laughs> Shit, yeah. yeah. Um, is this your first exposure to Bandito, by the way? Uh, yes, it is. Oh, what did you think of him? Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. Can't wait to see more. <laughs> oh, man. So we only started, um, as far as American audiences, we only really became acquainted with bandito just because he got kind of booked out of nowhere for pwg earlier this year and he's worked you know he worked a one-on-one match with uh with your new japan boyfriend uh bone soldier which was awesome and uh that was great he's worked some great tags um, the big one that sticks out in my mind, uh, he tagged with Flamita versus Zachary Wentz and Desmond Xavier, and that was just crazy pants. It seems like every time he wrestles at PWG, people just throw money in the ring. <laughs> so he's gotten over huge here, and, uh, you know, he's a dark horse pick for, to win Bola. Uh, but I was really hoping that people would be like, who's this sixth guy they just slotted in here that we don't know in the main event? And then he just... <laughs> was as amazing as I hoped he would be, as he always is for us here. <laughs> yeah. That's so awesome that uh, that character. I want to I wanna just see that guy be, like, everywhere. He's actually half of the Progress Tag Team Champs right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. He, hmm. he, just won, uh, he just won them along with Flamita at the end of their U.S. tour, so it'll be interesting. I think that means he works Wembley. Oh, nice. At uh, the end of the month, so. Yeah, I mean, everything's coming up Flamita. Or, I mean, and, <laughs> right. and Bandito, I should say. But, uh, yeah, this was, like, video game style. How did you even keep track of it live? Um, It, it was difficult. Um, I mean, the fact that it was at the end of the night so, and we were kind of fatigued, they knew they had to make up for that. Um, but, shit, I mean, it's a Young Bucks match, right? It's a Coda match. Uh, they didn't have to <laughs> – they didn't have to work hard to get everybody into it. Um and they, we didn't know, but they knew they were under that extreme time crunch. Mm-hmm. Um, finding that out afterwards, now it's going to be even crazier on watching it back. Um, and even with it 
being only 11 minutes, 30 seconds, something like Mm -hmm. that, the ending did not feel abrupt live. It didn't feel like, oh, shit, it's over. It just felt they just went so crazy the whole time. Yeah. There was no lull at all. It was balls to the wall. I didn't realize until they were coming out and my friend was like, "Uh uh-oh. They they don't have a whole lot of time left, and they're on traditional pay per view, and I went oh. yeah, but yeah, we didn't even yeah. didn't even cross our minds like we had no idea. <laughs> yeah, so they they went out there, they got it done. Uh, that three man more bang for your buck looked insane. <laughs> yeah, that was that was probably my favorite part of the match, and then we did get, you know, we we did get a Meltzer driver there to finish mm-hmm. Bandito, and literally. Three seconds after the pin, the, it cuts off. It went to the uh, the logo at the end of the show for the production company, and that was it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you even see – so there was confetti. Did you see any of that happening? Oh, no. Happening? We're oh, talking okay. – when they say it, when they say they <laughs> did the pin three seconds before they went off the air, they mm-hmm. meant it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was confetti. There was fireworks. There was, like, a bunch of pomp and circumstance afterwards. But yeah, then they came out and told us, yeah, we finished with three seconds and we were like, what if they hadn't, what a disaster that would have been. But yeah, incredible that they managed to, to finish it up in time. Yeah. And, uh, they've, they've since said that they learned a whole lot of, they've, uh, they've gained a whole new respect for promoters and (laughs) producers after this. Oh God, I bet. (laughs) Yeah. So, um. Did they, you know, just real quick as we uh, mm-hmm. as we finish up here, did they say anything of uh, any big highlights, anything big that they said as uh, they sent the crowd home happy? Um, well, uh, pretty much everybody from Being the Elite came out, and as well as, like, the Bucks families. Um, Marty did not come out, though, which I thought was a little interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they all came down into the ring, basically thanked all the fans. You know, the show doesn't happen without all of you wanting to see it and buying tickets and coming here. Um, they said, you know, we're all sticking together. Um, and then they, the awesome thing was they did let Kenny close out the show with his, uh, goodbye and good night, which was awesome to see live. Um, it was, I mean, even at the end, we'd been in there for hours and all of us were just everybody walking out. No one felt tired. Just everybody was just, buzzed <laughs> it was awesome yeah um i was so heartened by your tweet uh which you said it uh going over the all-in review that you guys did over on the strap and by the way everybody go to uh the strap on twitter and listen to that um i definitely can't wait to dig into it myself but no, you, thank you you uh tweeted this was the best show <laughs> I've ever been to. <laughs> oh, and I like, honestly, that's, that's no bullshit. Like as once it was over and the three of us got to talking, we were like, okay, has, have you seen a better show? Have you been to a better show? And th- no hyperbole, like, no, we can't come up with a better one. Um, I, I have matches, you know, that I want to go back and rewatch, mm-hmm. but I, there's never been an entire show before that I can't wait to just sit down and rewatch the whole thing again. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, uh, this was a blast to watch live. It certainly didn't feel 
like a five hour runtime, I will give them all of the credit in the world. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. they they paid off stories. You know, they rewarded you for being with being the elite since the beginning. In some cases, Mm -hmm. you know, they there were some casuals that were introduced to brand new people who became stars like Jordan Grace and Bandito Mm -hmm. and Marco Stunt. Um, and it, it just really, truly had something for everybody in the way yeah. the best shows that I've ever been to in person or watched on TV do. So this was a monumental achievement, and hopefully this is something that has a lasting, changing effect on the landscape. I think I think that it will. Um, just the amount of people that uh, – it's just so different from anything that's been – done before i mean for all the reasons you just mentioned people are so fatigued with wwe style booking not to say that it's always bad if you're a fan of the e that's okay you're allowed Mm. (laughs) um i i still watch that shit (laughs) but people are so kind of fed up with it and fed up with okay yeah i'm gonna watch this show i've been a fan for so long i'm still gonna watch the pay-per-view okay now i sat here for three hours and i feel bad like <laughs> at no point were you like, okay, when is this going to be over? Mm-hmm. Um, everybody at the end of the show. And that was the other thing that they said before they sent the crowd home was uh, Cody said, you know, sometimes when you make a bet, you have to go double or nothing and just chance of all in two broke out. So awesome. hopefully they just, yeah, just keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, certainly hope that they do another one i hope that this bet paid off handsomely um for for cody and the bucks because this was a hell of a gamble uh Mm -hmm. to to do this as you know three independent entities you know and yeah the huge pile of work i mean i have nothing but respect for them in just about every conceivable measurable um qualifier for what they did. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I think for entertainment as a whole, this was a monumental achievement. And uh, oh, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see how far the ripples go. I got to tell you, a lot of people took notice out here, though, for sure. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. yeah. I mean, even if it was people like Patton Oswalt being a being a bit turdy and like <laughs> hashtag all in and putting a picture of Gigi Allen, he still fucking took <laughs> notice. Yeah. Well, and I don't want to sound like too cheesy here, but I know for a lot of people it was inspiring, too, to see, you know, whatever your thing is, if it's wrestling, no matter what it is, that your thing that you're into, take a bet on yourself. Mm -hmm. You put the work in, look what can happen. Um, You know, if someone tells you no, you don't get the opportunity you wanted, don't let that be the end of it. You know, find a way, make a way if you have to. Um, And that's that's just awesome to see. Absolutely. I'm. And really, that's that's the biggest message. If you take nothing else away from this show, listeners, bet on yourself. That is <laughs> the biggest thing. Even if you're not a fan of the Bucks or Cody or Kenny or any of these guys, still that message is a super, super important one with mm-hmm. all the shit show we go through on a regular basis. <laughs> yes, daily basis. Ugh, hourly basis. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, speaking of that, it, we're about at reaching the end here. So uh, we've we haven't gone too far over the time limit. Um, no, let's go ahead and uh, get out those plugs. I know you guys got a lot of cool stuff coming up. Oh, man, we do. Um, so 
As previously mentioned, I do a podcast with my husband, Casey. It's the Strap Podcast. You can find us uh, on, I think, everywhere podcasts are sold for free. Yep. I listen <laughs> um, to you guys on, on Podbean. Nice. Uh, there's Podbean, iTunes, wherever you want. Um, we are on Twitter at the Strap Podcast. Uh, my personal Twitter is at Real Sarah Van B. Sarah with an H. Um, our newest uh, bet on ourselves project that we're working on is called Zealot Pro Wrestling. Uh, we are a brand new wrestling company in Phoenix, Arizona. Going to be doing our first show in January. Uh, if you want to go ahead and follow us on Twitter for that, that is at Zealot Wrestling. And now is a really good time to follow because we have a pretty exciting announcement coming on Saturday. I'm so get hyped. I'm stoked as fuck for this show. Me too. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm also very scared, but very stoked. <laughs> I'm really, really hoping that I can join you guys live. That is the working plan. Oh, I hope you can too. But there's a, there's a awesome. lot that happens between now and January. Yeah, it's still, it's still on the horizon. Yes, yes. <laughs> so in the meantime, a um, lot of fun stuff coming up here in the Los Angeles area. Um, you can always follow me for updates at Jack Heartless on Twitter. Email the show at Captain Jack at the Steel Cage. Dot com. Uh, Bola is sold out, but we will have the review on that in two weeks. However, if you are listening to this, uh, the date is released on Friday, September 7th. I will be live and in public, if you will, at PCW Ultra in the Long Beach area. Come say hi, buy a t-shirt, uh, stick around for the show itself. Um, a couple of Bola entrants, uh, most notably Puma King, is going to be there. Uh, Pentagon Jr. is the PCW Ultra World Champion. He will be defending in the main event, so that's going to be a good time. So you can catch me there. You can catch me at Bola the week after, and then I will be involved in some form or fashion with True Wrestling Fables live show on October 12th at the world-famous Doll Hut here in the heart of Los Angeles, too. So no shortage of big shit coming up. Oh, by the way, if you're in L.A., Hedwig and the Angry Inch, September 21st, I will be playing Hedwig. Go to the New Art Theater website, buy your tickets. It's the last time I'm doing it. I'm retiring. I got other stuff I got to be doing. But (laughs) did I get all that out? In the meantime, (laughs) for my guest, Sarah Van Buren, this is Captain Jack Hartless saying thank you very much and keep sailing. (laughs) Oh, you just